Hey y'all, welcome back to another episode of Chats from the Blog Cabin, the show where I invite people into the blog cabin to chat about life. I'm Melissa and I'm your host. Today I'm chatting with another person that's from my hometown of Richlands, North Carolina, and that is Volanda Calloway. Volanda has had a very very variety of a career, but she's mainly focused on mass communications, which is TV anchor woman. And so I think this is a very important conversation that we have. We talk about representation. We talk about um, how it's important to look out for our children as well. So I think it's kind of piggybacks great off of the conversation I had um, the last podcast with Melissa Harold about ways we can protect our children from abuse and the rights of privacy for our children. So I really hope you really enjoy this conversation. And you'll notice that this is the second person I've interviewed from my hometown of Richlands. And there's a main theme that runs through it. Um, As you may recall, I interviewed James Thompson a couple of podcasts back and he talked about a certain teacher. Let's see who Belanda, when I ask her the same question, he, she says was her favorite teacher, the teacher that made the most impression on her in her high school years. So I hope you really enjoy this conversation. You get to know a little bit more about Richlands, which is an amazing um, place to, that, to grow up in. So you know what I need you to do right now? That's right, start listening. Welcome back to another edition of Chats from the Blog Cabin. Today I'm going down home again to my home from my hometown, Richlands, North Carolina, and I'm so honored that Rolanda agreed to come on with me. So, Rolanda, before we get into what you do now, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, thank you so much, homegirl, for having me on. I'm Belanda Calloway, and I am the author of Tips from the TV Lady. And it's a book that I produced because I wanted to share what I've learned from working in television my entire career with everybody who's now on Zoom, on Facebook Live, on Skype, doing what we're doing now, communicating through a web camera. That's the latest (laughs) that's up with me, Melissa. But as you know, I've worked in television my whole career. You and I first reconnected or connected when I was at WREL, the local NBC station here in the Raleigh area. I was a news anchor and reporter. After that, I hosted a show called My Carolina Today, later called My Carolina Talk on WNCN. But before that, I started my career in radio at the Voice of America in Washington, D.C. And while I was in D.C., I was a dancer slash cheerleader for the Washington football team, formerly known as the Washington Redskins. So dance is one of my passions. And so is the work that I do in being on camera. 
Now, did you think when you were in high school, I know you were a cheerleader in high school, so that was obviously something that you were going toward, <laughs> but did you ever think that you would ever be on camera, that you would write a book, that you would do all these amazing things? I didn't see a book in my future, but I certainly knew that I would work on camera because I've been preparing my whole life for it. It's one of those things that I knew from the time I was a little girl that this would be my profession. I didn't see the different twists and turns that I've been on, but I knew I would work in the television news business. So I was able to cross that off my list. I'm very proud and happy of that work. And now I'm a freelancer. I do a lot of different things. My primary thing now is being a spokesperson. I represent University Ford and University Kia, two car dealerships in Durham. You'll see me on TV doing their commercials, doing appearances, whatever they need me to do to represent the brand. I also do a lot of voiceover work. I've narrated a book and I'm working on another book right now for an author from California who I've never met before, but she found me and I got an offer to do another voiceover project in my inbox today. So I get to do a lot of different things using all the training that I got in school on how to you know, use my voice and use my presence to communicate a message. So how did you get into the voiceover work? I mean, because obviously you had the voice, obviously, <laughs> but how did you like research that to get into that, to start working for yourself? You know, just being curious and asking questions. I, I met someone who was a voiceover artist and I asked her, how did you do this? Where are the different places where you are advertising yourself? And she told me about narrating books and I went there, did the research and made myself a profile. And that's where the book narration came in. I've also narrated quite a few videos for companies who need to get a message across. They have the video, but they don't have a voice. So I went on to a website called Upwork. You may have heard of Upwork. It's similar to Fiverr, where you can hire freelancers to do all kinds of things. So on Upwork, numerous people have hired me to do different projects. I've done animation projects. I've done courses. You know, click here for this, click here for that. And um, a lot of it's been word of mouth also. And I have an, a wonderful agent who books me for voiceover jobs as well. So it's a combination of a lot of things. I know we were chatting right before we got on about if you like this as opposed to being on the news and you said yeah. you did. So tell me why again. I really enjoyed the work I did when I was a news anchor and reporter, but there comes a point where you burn out. And I think that I was at that point and um, I did not choose to walk away. The show that I host at my Carolina talk was canceled. And so, you know, the job was over. And I could have applied for more jobs at the station, but I chose to you know, walk away and see what I could do going into business for myself. And it was very difficult. There were a couple of years where I thought, what in the world have I done? I made a big mistake. And then as it always happens, uh, things turn around and I was able to book work. Working as a freelancer is, is tough because you've constantly got to grind and find work. You can't just sit back and wait on a, a paycheck. You have to look for work yourself. And so I've learned so much through this experience and I'm, I'm glad that I've done it. And I really enjoy the work that I do. There's so much variety, as I was explaining to you. No day tomorrow will be nothing like today. 
and I get to do to work on so many interesting things and different things and meet people and do fun things like this. If I were working at the station, I probably couldn't do this because I would have, you know, a set schedule. I got to be in at this time, out at that time. But now having the freedom to set my own schedule and make things work when it works for me is really refreshing. So let's talk about your book, Tips from the TV Lady. What made you decide to write the book? <laughs> that is such a great question. When the pandemic started, I had no intentions of writing a book. I know a lot of people are like me where ideas that maybe they've been sitting on sprung up. No, I had not planned to write a book. What happened was I was consuming so much media. I was watching so much television because I'm like, what is this coronavirus? I wanted to know everything about it. So I'm watching the news from sunup to sundown. And then when I get tired of the news, I'm on YouTube or I'm on Facebook. I'm on whatever I can find for entertainment. And I noticed a theme. So many people didn't know how to use these tools the right way. And, you know, we had a lot of grace for people in the beginning, you know, March, April, May. But by June, July, August, it's like, good grief, can you buy a light? <laughs> or <laughs> good grief, can you get that Internet connection fixed? Because it's, eh, 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 you know, those were the things that I started to notice consistently. And I thought, you know, I've learned so much working in television. I should share it. Several people suggested to me, Valanda, you should share it because people don't know. They don't know that that color they're wearing makes them look awful. They don't know that that lack of light makes them look awful. They don't know that that bad internet connection makes them sound horrible. And mm -hmm. so I wrote the book to share what I've learned, essentially. And it's called Tips from the TV Lady because it's a lot of things that I've learned working in television. Because we have to be cognizant of all these things when working in television. We get tips from consultants and experts on how to dress, how to do your makeup, how to wear your hair, how to sit up properly in a chair. I mean, those are simple things to people who are used to it. But for people who aren't used to it, it's a big deal. And there are so many people who are using their web cameras, as you and I are right now, to sell a product, mm -hmm. to sell their services, to get a job interview, to do so many things. And I think, like I said, a lot of us were very like, you know, oh, well, in the beginning. But now your pocketbook could depend on it. Companies aren't necessarily flying you out for an interview anymore. Mm -hmm. So if you want to make a great impression and snag that job, you need the tips that are in my book to help you come across in the way that you want to come across. If you want to sell whatever it is that you're selling, you need to come across in a way that people want to buy from you. Because if you look a mess and you sound a mess, they're going to keep scrolling. <laughs> true. So that's how the book came about. I will say the internet connection definitely because I I started actually chats from the blog cabin during COVID because I missed that that internet I mean yeah. missed that connection with people mm -hmm. and so I was like you know what I'm just going to get a separate internet for out here in the blog cabin so I'm not having to deal with the kids and the Wi-Fi inside the house when I need mm -hmm. to be on the Wi-Fi and so mm -hmm. that was one of definitely one of the things I did to help it. So yes, you were very smart to do that, but you would be surprised. Well, maybe you're not surprised because you're on social media all the time, but there are so many people who haven't done that type of thing and they wonder why they aren't connecting, why they aren't selling, why it's not working. 
you know, our parents told us don't judge a book by its cover, but that's exactly what we do. Mm -hmm. We judge people as soon as we see them. And so it's important to make sure that the way we come across is going to be appealing so that we can get our message out. I, I'm going, I'm going to go back to something that you just mentioned just a while ago. You had, cons you had people telling you what to wear, how to do your hair. I mean, I didn't realize you had that many restraints on you. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. And you know, it varies from market to market. I worked at WNCT in Greenville before I came to Raleigh, you know, it didn't see, nobody was telling me what to do because it's a very small market. You're just trying to get the news on the air, but it's different when you move to a larger city and Raleigh is a larger city than the Greenville market where I came from. So yes, when I was first hired, a consultant came in, she had me, she asked me to bring in everything from my closet that I intended to wear. I said, what? Yes. Bring in everything from your closet that you intend to wear. And she went through, okay, that's nice. That's nice. Get rid of that. Get rid of that. That needs to be tailored. Um, that's nice. Um, what is this? No, <laughs> she just went through everything. Wow. And at the time I didn't get it. I was, you know, new here, didn't really understand how important it is to be polished and to have a look that gives authority. And I know what I'm doing, but it is. And I fought it. I, I didn't want to buy all the things that she said I needed to buy. I didn't want to get the makeup. I didn't want to believe that I had under eye bags <laughs> and that they were a distraction. Oh, I fought against it. But it matters. It matters so much. Not to say that you aren't good enough with your eyebrow, with your under eye bags, <laughs> but to say that they are a distraction. Mm. If people are picking you apart like, huh? Did she stay up and party all night or, you know, what? <laughs> if they're doing that, they're not listening to what you have to say. And so it took some years for me to understand that. And I'm thankful that I had professionals who helped me. And so now I'm sharing what I know because people help me. So it's only right that I pass the baton and help other people. I love that. Now let's talk about being from Richlands because Richlands <laughs> is a very small little town in Eastern North Carolina that honestly, a lot of people, when you say you're from Richlands, they go, where? <laughs> and then you have to say, well, it's near Camp Lejeune. And then they kind of like, uh, if they're military, they definitely know where that is. Yeah. And then if you say Jacksonville, they go, oh, Florida. And we're like, no. <laughs> yeah. Rich lands, not Richlands. You don't know how many times on the news I've had to correct people because Richlands made the news a few times, both when I was in Greenville and when I was in um, at WREL and WNCN. And I would have to say, no, it's not rich lands, it's rich lands because our land is rich. The town of perfect water, we got good soil, that good water, the good aquifers. <laughs> so yeah, that's where I'm from. That's where my mother is from. And my dad is from Jones County, which is um, 20, 25 minutes away, an even smaller town called Trenton. Hmm. So we lived in Trenton until I was nine. And then we picked up and moved back to Richlands, <laughs> the big city that had a population of about 1000 when I was growing up. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, small town, but big dreams. I always knew I wanted to, you know, like I said, work in the industry. And I had my mind set on that. 
I appreciate Richlands and love it, but there was no desire to stay there. My desire was to move on and, and do some other things. And so that was always the plan. But mm -hmm. I have a, a better appreciation for it now. I think most kids do, you know, when they're growing up, they can't wait to, to get out. <laughs> but mm -hmm. then once we grow and learn some things, we appreciate our hometowns more. Especially with the slower pace in the hometown. It's not so hustle and bustle. Once you get older, you're like, man, I really wish we could move out to a, a slower pace instead of everything being on the go all the time. Absolutely. But have you been on Western Boulevard lately? <laughs> no. It, it feels, yeah, it, it feels like a lot of hustle and bustle. You know, it's, it's really, it's growing. Our hometown is growing like crazy. There's three elementary schools now. Mm -hmm. There was only one when we were growing up and, um, you know, people are having babies like crazy. <laughs> yeah. And they just tore down the elementary school that we went to. Yeah. And I, I believe like we're in the four uh, a athletic conference now and we were one a mm -hmm. when we were in school. So one mm -hmm. a is the lowest four a is, is the largest, I believe. So a lot of growth happening. Yeah. So what do you miss about rich land size besides the slower pace? <laughs> um, my daughter has, she loves to go and spend time with my parents or grandparents. And so I would miss the pig, Piggly Wiggly. Mm -hmm. But now my parents always take my daughter to the pig. And so she'll bring back anything that I want, like pork skins, like cornbread, <laughs> food. I miss mm -hmm. food. But, I, you know, I can easily get it. It's not that far away. But, yeah, I miss that. I, I see my folks all the time, so I don't miss them. They love to come here. I was just there for Easter. So I get to see them on a pretty regular basis. So what are the things that growing up in Richlands? Because I know we had some amazing things. Like we had Toot and Tellet, mm -hmm. and we had Arnold's. You got to get the big A burger and the fried chicken. <laughs> um, what do you wish that you could show your daughter, though, of things that like that when we were growing up? Wow, that's a great question. I, you know, the toot and tell it would be cool. She's never been to a place. Well, she's been to Sonic. That's kind of similar. Mm -hmm. Toot and tell it. You know, you drive up, toot your horn, then you tell your order. But I think it'd be cool for her to see that. I think it would be cool for her to see how simple things were and how hard we worked. I've told her the stories about the tobacco barn because my mother's parents were tobacco farmers and I was little. So my job was just getting the leaves up off the ground. But my mom and her siblings, they worked, they worked hard and I would be out there with her for a whole shift and then having, you know, on break an RC and a pack of nabs. And I tell her these things and she's like, what? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, honey, that's what we did. And my dad's parents in Jones County were farmers as well. And they had hogs and chickens. And I tell her about jumping on the trampoline with the chickens. And this is going to be gross for people who don't get this. But um, it's true. We jump on the trampoline with the chickens until they got drunk. And then granddaddy would go wring their necks. <laughs> but I can see it. It's like it's a more humane way to, to <laughs> put it down, I guess, because they're so out of it. They don't know what's going on. I guess. 
I guess, but you know, that's, that's how it was. And she thinks it's all so fascinating, but I tell her that's, that's what we did for entertainment. You know, we didn't have all the things that you have now. There was no Netflix. <laughs> there was Blockbuster, but you had to go and get the video and actually go to the store and get it. And you had to return it and have it rewound. Exactly. Or you get charged extra. Absolutely. <laughs> So if there's one thing that you could tell the younger Wolanda, what would it be? <sighs> Great question, Melissa. I would tell her to calm down and know that it's going to be all right. Throughout my adult life and my career, I've found that I've gotten so worked up over things that when I look back on them, I wish I'd just taken a deep breath and realized it's going to be all right. That job that you didn't get, you didn't need it anyway. You were better off with the job you did get or that, um, you know, whatever it is, everything happens for a reason. And I would tell the younger me to relax, continue to work hard and it will be all right. I love that. I did ask, I told you before we went, came on that I interviewed James Thompson, who obviously yeah. went to high school with us. He was ahead of us. I didn't realize he had graduated with my sister, mm -hmm. but I asked him a question about his favorite teacher. So I'm going to put you on the spot. Your favorite teacher Ooh. in high school. He like did not. Mm -hmm. He said immediately who his favorite teacher was. Well, good for you, James. <laughs> I, I had a few favorite teachers, but I'm going to say Mr. Harris. Chemistry. Mm -hmm. I flunked chemistry more than once. <laughs> <laughs> and it was my fault. But when I finally passed chemistry, I kicked tail. I got an A in that class. And it was because I finally got focused. And Mr. Harris took the time with me to help me get it. I was very distracted. I was not a great high school student at all. I didn't get focused until I got to college. So I would say to young people, again, take a deep breath. It'll be okay. Keep working at it and you really will be okay. Just don't give up. Because if I had given up, things would not have turned out the way that they did. But I was not a good student. I did horribly in chemistry. But Mr. Harris helped me turn that around, helped me turn everything around. And so he would be at the top of the list. I also love Miss Loomis. Miss Loomis, do you remember her? Mm -hmm. English teacher. That's English. who James said his favorite was right off the bat. Yes. And I would have said Miss Loomis immediately if I hadn't thought about how I was able to, a light bulb went off <laughs> when I finally got chemistry. So that was important for me. But yes, Miss Loomis. I just loved her. I loved English. I was almost an English major, but I chose mass communications, which was appropriate for the industry I went in, went into. But English was also, I could have done it with that as well. But she really helped fire up that love of um, language and literature and all the different books and Greek mythology. And yeah, yeah, Miss Loomis was awesome. So you just talked about mass communications, even though you could have gone into English. Why did you pick mass communications? Where, where did, when did, at what age did you decide that you wanted to be in this particular area? 
I was probably six years old. Our routine as a family was that my mom would have dinner ready for my dad when he got home from work. And after we ate dinner, we watched the news. I was obsessed with um, WCTI. So I would watch Virginia Foy at noon, Jan Bean at six mm -hmm. and um, ABC News at 6.30. And I was obsessed with these people. I wanted to know everything about them. Of course, we had no Google back then, mm -hmm. but I really was just enamored with these people in this box who had all this information, who came across as being so smart and so knowledgeable and who told me what was going on in my community and in the world. I got to see the world through these people, through their stor storytelling, because, you know, we came from a very small place. Mm -hmm. And so that was a way to see more of what was going on across the country and the world. I knew I wanted to travel. I wanted to see more, do more. And news was a big part of that. And it was really, I was really young. I'd say, you know, around six. And I went to college and of course, talk to people who were way smarter than me, knew way more than I did about how do I do this? And they pointed me towards mass communications. Wow. So was there one person that you grew up watching that you were able to later on meet or yes. work with? So let's tell me that story. Carol Simpson, ABC News. Oh, I just adore her. And she was the weekend anchor, beautiful black woman. There weren't a lot of black women doing the news back then. And my mother's middle name is Carol. And she reminded me of my mother. I mean, she was gorgeous. And I just thought she was a goddess. <laughs> and so Carol was a, a big um, influence in my life. And she actually book, has a book called The News Lady. <laughs> and my book is The TV Lady. So, yeah, Carol is, is really important to me. And I was part of an organization called the National Association of Black Journalists and NABJ for short. And NABJ has a convention every year. I went to the convention in, it was 94 or 95. In Philly, I lost my voice. Hmm. Here I am a communicator going to a convention for communicators and I can't talk. Hmm. Here comes Carol Simpson. And I'm like, oh my gosh, what do I do? I can't not go up to her, but I can't talk. <laughs> oh, wow. And so I walk over to Carol Simpson. Hi, my name is Belanda. <laughs> you mean the world to me. And so I'm talking to her like that. And she's standing there. She's so patient. She's leaning in, trying to understand what I'm saying because I barely have a voice. And she was so sweet to me. She listened to me struggle to try to talk. And she said, honey, take care of that voice. <laughs> and I will never forget it. And, and, and I was on my way to find some lemons and some honey after meeting her. But I will treasure that moment as messed up as it was with me not having a voice. But I did get to meet Carol Simpson. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that. You you just mentioned something about not having a lot of black news people on television. It's changed a little bit, but it still hasn't changed as much as it should. Let's talk mm -hmm. about the importance of that, though. Representation matters. You need to, as a child, see what you can be. 
And so Virginia Foy, who was local, I was attracted to her because she looked like women in my family. I mentioned Carol, my mother's middle name is Carol. She wore her hair the way my mom wore her hair. I had an attraction to her because of that. So you need to be able to see yourself represented in media, not just for black people, but for everybody. Mm -hmm. We need to see more Asian people on TV. We need to see more Latin people on TV. We need to see all kinds of people. We need to see what America really is represented on American screens. It's more than just one thing. You know, there's so many isms. Mm -hmm. Another thing that we see a lot in media is women being put out to pasture when they get one wrinkle. You know, mm -hmm. we need to see more older women <laughs> on TV so that we know that once you hit a certain age that your career isn't over. You know, there's um, some older women on TV, but women in general don't get to age the same way that men get to age. Men can have wrinkles from the forehead to the chin and it's okay, but you let a woman start to show her age, then it's, oh, we gotta <laughs> scoot her over and, and put a younger 20 something in her place. So I would love to see us just represent America more. That is so true. I mean, cause honestly, you know, Growing up, my girls didn't have a lot of representation because they're mixed. There are my husband's Hispanic, so they mm -hmm. weren't white enough for their white friends and they weren't Hispanic enough for their Hispanic friends. So they wanted to find people and they've ended up creating their own little club, I would say, of people from all different nationalities that you yes. never know. I mean, I never knew who was going to walk in the door when they mm -hmm. were coming. It's like, OK, come on in. You're more than welcome here. You never yeah. know. You could be anybody from any race, any nationality, any yep. religion, any um, sexual orientation. They just they were mm -hmm. always welcome to come in the door. Mm -hmm. So yeah, you know, that representation is so important. Yeah, that's beautiful, Melissa. I mean, that's the way it should be, in my opinion. Yeah, that's so true. Now let's talk about what it means for you. You, know, you already mentioned you had a daughter. Of your daughter seeing this rep representation now. Does your daughter know what she wants to be when she grows up yet? It changes. I think it'll be something in the arts. I'm not sure what. She's a dancer. I was a dancer. I'm trying not to be a stage mom and push myself onto her too much, but um, I think it'll be something in the arts. There was a time when she was really into sewing and she would create things. So I thought she would be a fashion designer. And I can't tell you the last time she, you know, plugged in her sewing machine. <laughs> so that's probably not going to be it. She loves to draw and uh, she draws tattoos on her arms all the time. Maybe she'll be a tattoo artist. Maybe she'll be a visual artist. I don't know, but I definitely think it'll be something arts related. And kind of that's still your background a little bit, because if mass communication is kind of an art because you have to come up yeah. with the angle for the story, especially when you're out doing a story or if you're writing a story mm -hmm. and angle for your book as well, because I know tips from the TV lady didn't just come off the top of your head. No, you think about it, right. <laughs> right. Right. Absolutely. So she's got that artistic um, genes. My husband, I guess you'd call him an artist, too. He owns a DJ company. And so there's a lot of um, creativity that goes into what he does, picking songs and putting them together and the visuals he creates with the other parts of his business, like uplights and you know the different things that he does mm -hmm. to create a scene. 
So I definitely think that she's got it honest and she's interested in, in acting. I do some of that as well. So we'll see, but I'm giving her the freedom to choose. I don't want to put her in a box and make her think that she's got to do what I want her to do. So we'll see. So let's talk about when you were growing up, you were cheerleader in high school and you went on to cheer for um, the Washington football team. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about some of the things that you've learned cheerleading that you've been able to apply in your career. That thank you for that, because there are so many connections being able to be in front of a crowd and be comfortable with that. Of course, in a football stadium, there's, you know, tens of thousands of people. So you've got to be comfortable <laughs> and you're not wearing as much as everybody else is wearing. So, yeah, you really got to be comfortable in your own skin. So confidence was a big part of that. And uh, you certainly got to have confidence to put yourself out there and be on camera every day working in the news business. I think confidence and um, the ability to, to speak and represent yourself and whoever you're working with was a key part of that because not only was I a cheerleader who was on the field on Sundays, I also represented the team in many other capacities. I would go to businesses, I'd go to military bases, charity events, all kinds of places to represent the team that required speaking on behalf of the team and not just speaking, but being able to speak convincingly Mm. on behalf of the team. That is certainly something that I learned even earlier than being a cheerleader. I did pageants when I was in high school. My mom thought it was <laughs> a cool thing for me to get involved in. And so I did some pageants. And one of the biggest influences was the Onslow County Junior Miss program, which it didn't call itself a pageant. It called itself a scholarship program. But there's so many lessons I learned competing in that such as how to talk to a group of people. If you're doing an interview, not to just stare at one person, but to give everyone attention, how to scan a crowd when you're talking to a panel. And that's something that I teach now. And I write about it in the book, how to sit in a chair. You think there's a chair, there's arms, there's a back. You just, you know, get comfortable. Not so much. I talk about that in the book. There's so many lessons that, I use now and I'm thankful for them. And again, a lot of them I didn't understand at the time or didn't appreciate at the time, but I certainly do now. So what's one of the biggest thing that you didn't understand and didn't appreciate that you do now? The importance of, the importance of being able to be in front of a crowd and show that confidence. I thought, you know, there's 30 of us standing up here. You know, nobody's looking at me. Well, yeah, they were looking at me because I represented something to somebody. I didn't have the best esteem. I know that might be difficult to understand now, but I didn't have, I wouldn't say I had low self-esteem, but I didn't have great esteem. I didn't have high self-esteem growing up because I was always so skinny. I felt really self-conscious about mm -hmm. my size. Now I'm thankful for it. <laughs> 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 Woo, I'm so thankful for it, but nothing ever fit me. You know, I couldn't, it was either wear clothes from the junior section or buy clothes in the other section and get them tailored, but nothing ever fit me. I don't think that they were making the size zero the way that it's made now. 
I couldn't find zeros. And that was my size until I gave birth. And I gave birth in 07. I didn't move up from a zero until 07, which I'm thankful for. But the other side of that was it was very difficult to find clothes that I felt confident in. I felt like I looked lost in everything, like everything was too big. Everything was oversized. I never felt comfortable in my skin is what I'm trying to say. All my uniforms were too big. Everything had to be altered. It just always seemed like a burden. You know, to hear my coach, mm -hmm. oh, we got to take this in for Valanda. You know, it was mm -hmm. always something. I couldn't just put on something and, you know, go do my business. It was always, oh, I got to get this altered again. Or, oh, I've got to do something to fit in. And so I didn't like to be out front. And um, it that's something that sticks out, that sticks out for me. Finding the way to be comfortable in your skin, doing whatever you need to do to feel good about yourself. Because if you don't feel good about yourself, it comes across. Yep. Your body language shows it. What you say or don't say shows it. It's not something that you can hide. And it really matters in whether you progress in what you're trying to do or you don't. Yeah, that's true. And I honestly, I can feel for you. Not so much. I was little when I was in high school as well. But my oldest, my oldest two daughters are like barely 100 pounds. And they're like 26 and 23. And the, the 23 year old is always mistaken for the youngest one because mm -hmm. she's only 4'11". Mm -hmm. so always having to find clothes to, that she has to alter. Or she goes into the kids section and buys all her shirts in the kids section because she can't find any shirts that fit. She can still wear her first grade t-shirt. <laughs> I know exactly <laughs> what that feels like. And you don't want to wear kids clothes when you're a 20 something year old woman. Mm -hmm. And it was hard to talk about these things, Melissa, because you have people on the other side of the spectrum who, who think that just because you're small, that everything's okay, that you have nothing to worry mm -hmm. about, who say, how dare you complain about being small. I wish I was that small. So it was very difficult to talk about because nobody wanted to hear it. Yep. That's true. Yeah. So I love the fact that you said you weren't thankful for it then, but you're thankful now because as you get older, you're like, oh, wait a second. Maybe it's not such a burden, but when you're growing <laughs> up and you can't find clothes that fit you, because I had three older sisters. So, and I was a lot smaller than them. So yeah. I would get all their hand-me-downs. So I was, I'm not used to wearing tight clothes anymore because what I grew up with was loose baggy clothes. Mm -hmm. The industry has changed though. I mean, we have so many options, so many stores, so many designers, the industry has changed. Mm -hmm. And now there's double zero. <laughs> yeah. My daughter who's, you know, thin gets double zeros. I don't remember that being an option when I was young. I don't remember either. So, and so she can feel good about herself, even though it's crazy. She likes oversized things. And I'm just like, girl, are you out of your mind? <laughs> you have the option of getting clothes that fit you the right way. And you want to wear oversized clothes, but okay, you do you boo. But <laughs> if I'd had the option of a double zero <laughs> when I was in high school, I can't imagine what that would have done for my self-esteem. What it you know, if I'd had a good seamstress, my mom was a great seamstress, but once I left home, I had to figure it out on my own. Mm. 
So let's talk about, you keep mentioning your daughter. Let's talk about your Instagram with your daughter and your daughter <laughs> telling you slang words. I up laughing listening to this. So how did that come about? It came about because I didn't know what the heck she was talking about half the time. She would say something and I'd say, translation, please. I need a Gen Z uh, dictionary and thesaurus. That's really it. The, the first video we did was about cap, no cap. Do you know that phrase, Melissa? No, I do not know that phrase. No cap means no lie. And so it's in a song. I can't remember the name of the song, but she used that. I said something and she said, no cap. And I said, I just want to know, why does no cap mean no lie? Why can't you just say no lie? <laughs> it's not an abbreviation. Lie is three letters. Cap is three letters. Why? And so that's how it started. And so I had this, I was telling somebody about this and she said, you should record that and put it on social media because that is hilarious. I had the same thought. And so that's what we did. And so from time to time <laughs> on my Instagram, I will share a lesson from Lylan. I've hashtagged it lessons with Lylan to give us people who are not Gen Z a lesson on how the Gen Zers are speaking. Because half the time I have no idea what she's talking about. <laughs> like she told me something I made was bussin'. I said, what? She said, bussin', mom. I said, what does that mean? Oh, it means it's good. Like, okay, bussin' means good. Thanks, I think. <laughs> you think? I love that. <laughs> now yeah. let's talk about social media because when we were growing up we didn't have social media so i imagine right now with your daughter growing up it's maybe a little bit harder for her with all that social media presence with people the bullying and the, it's so much harder so how do you navigate that it's so hard i just allowed her to get her first social media for her birthday back in november she has tiktok and that's the only one She's asked me for Snapchat and Instagram, but I said, nope, I'm just not ready. Let's see how TikTok goes. So she has a private account. So we can't have, you know, strangers, you know, connecting mm -hmm. with her. But I am a helicopter mom. Yes, I am. <laughs> and so I check her phone. At the end of the day, she plugs her phone into my charger in my bedroom. And I don't go through it every night. I just go through it occasionally, you know, once every month or so, just to see what's going on. And I, I just feel like I have to because there's so much craziness out there. Mm -hmm. So I go through her phone, see what's going on, make sure she's being responsible with what she's posting and make sure there aren't any weirdos trying to connect with her mm -hmm. and I have a parental control app on her phone <laughs> and it alerts me if anything crazy is going on and um, that's how we do it. it it might be a little overbearing for some people's taste but that's what's feels right for me right now well, I will tell you that yesterday I had a mental health professional. We were talking about child abuse prevention. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the things that she suggested. She said, there's no privacy when it comes to your children. 
She said, you definitely have to make sure that your children are okay. If that means you're going in and you're taking their phones or you're um, restricting what what social medias they're on to keep them safe, then by all means, do it. So I am so glad to hear you say that because I don't feel guilty about it, you know, at all. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I told her, you have no privacy in this house. You know, I'm not going to bother you while you're, you know, handling your business in the bathroom. I'm not going to walk in on you, but you have no privacy in this house. You're a minor. I'm responsible for you. Mm-hmm. My husband and I, we're responsible for you. So if you don't want me to see it, don't do it because I'm watching. I love that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so if there's our time's almost up. So if there's one last nugget that you could share with somebody, maybe somebody that's wanting to go into the TV business or someone that wants to get more social media presence, what would it be? One last little nugget of wisdom. Get my book. <laughs> it's called Tips from the TV Lady. And it's available on Amazon. Just type in Tips from the TV Lady. You can get an autographed copy at my website, BlondieCalloway.com. It's available in paperback as well as the um, the words escaping me, Melissa. Kindle? Yes, the Kindle version. You can read it either way. The nugget of wisdom that I would share or advice if you want to get into the business, put your best, best self out there. I'm not telling anybody to go get plastic surgery or do any dysmorphia or change who you are. No, I'm not about that. I'm telling you to put your best self out there. Do what it takes to come across in a polished way so that you can hold on to the audience. We're all distracted. We've all got a zillion things going on. We've got notifications going off on our phones. We've got notifications going off on our laptop. We've got landscapers working outside, creating noise. We've got dinner cooking that might be burning. We're always multitasking, doing multiple things. And what does all that mean? It means we're distracted. So when you've got something important to say, you have to compete with all that. You got to compete with the noise outside, the kids yelling, the notifications going off, the person who's worried about dinner burning. So when you come in front of them, you've got to be compelling. Mm-hmm. You've got to look together or otherwise they're off to the next thing. They're distracted. They're going to look out the window <laughs> and see what's going on or they're going to go handle that dinner and they're not paying attention to you. So put your best self forward so that people can concentrate on you and listen to what you have to say, because we've all got a gift of some sort. We've all got something to share. So make sure your audience can receive it. I love that. So where can people find you at? I am on Facebook, Volanda Calloway on TV. Thank you for putting the graphics out there. They're beautiful. I'm on Instagram and Twitter at Val Cal TV. And the website is VolandaCalloway.com. And your book again? Tips from the TV lady. Dropping dimes, sharing tips on what I've learned, working in the television industry, working as a spokesperson to help you shine. No matter what you're doing. 
And I will say if you're a Kindle Unlimited, it is right now on Kindle Unlimited. So you can grab it Kindle Unlimited too as well. So absolutely. Yes. So Belinda, I want to thank you so much for coming on. I love, love, love when I'm able to interview people from <laughs> Richlands, North Carolina. Yes. That <laughs> created so many amazing people and amazing memories. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Melissa. So guys, we will see you on the next chat from the blog cabin. Bye. Wow. I really hope you enjoyed listening to um, my conversation with Belanda. I will put in the show notes all the places that you can follow her as well as where you can grab her book, Tips from the TV Lady. Um, in the show notes, as always, I want to thank you for being part of the podcast family. Please like, leave a rating and a review wherever you subscribe um, to the channel. If you haven't subscribed yet, please subscribe as well. Um, if you want to go over to YouTube and, and, and search for Chats from the Blog Cabin and subscribe there. And always, you can always comment later on a video that you really like. Please do that. And, you know, thank you so much from the bottom of my heart. And guys, I cannot do this without you. And be blessed. And remember, keep chatting.